I V M. Folks, welcome to Besa Besa. I'm your host Anubham Gupta, B50 on Twitter, and on today's episode, I'm talking with Sahil Bhargav of the Bharosa Club. We are talking about Besa Vasool. <laughs> How about that? Huh? Paisa Vasool on Paisa Vasa. From your portfolio, your mutual fund portfolio and much more right after this short break. And welcome back. Sahil, welcome to Paisa Vasa. Thank you so much for doing this for our listeners. Thanks, Anupam. Delighted to be here. Big fans of your podcast. Thank you so much for your kind words. I like that this is a family affair. We would have got Anita, your mother, on the show, but <laughs> thanks to some last minute programming bleep ups i you know i can't use certain language out of we missed out on that but that would have been a great combination this has been so the bharosa club has been founded by sanjay bhargav your dad mm. let's start from there you know let's talk about when it was founded why it was founded and sure. who exactly is sanjay so my father as you mentioned sanjay bhargav he is a first principles thinker so what does that mean it means he sort of evaluates things from the beginning mm. right and he's actually gotten that way by working with Elon Musk very closely so he worked at PayPal and then most recently Starlink and Barossa Club was started in 2015 2016 as a passion project and the main thesis behind it was that financial products are being distributed in a manner that is not good for the end customer and can we change that so that was a mission of Barossa Club i got involved about 3 years back when my father and i spoke about taking this passion project and making it a scalable business so that's kind of a little bit of background on how we started i'm thinking this is 3 degrees to elon musk right i'm saying you sahil <laughs> and then elon musk so folks there you go 3 exactly. degrees to elon musk yeah. out here who knows <laughs> if he's hearing this your background and how the idea of bharosa club came in let's kind of just jump into that now sure absolutely so anupam i've been very fortunate in my career to work in different seats across finance mm. and in different geographies so my career started in the us and i spent a lot of time in investment banking first and then on the buy side so actually evaluating investment opportunities so i worked at a private equity fund called apollo global management one of the leading largest funds in the world and then worked at a long short public equities fund as well a space that you would know well yeah and then moved back to india in 2017 and had the chance to examine the retail business up and close because we worked uh, i basically helped start a affordable housing and msme lender that's called apac financial services which is now you know a blossoming company so after that i then took on bharosa club because this unique positioning across the market really revealed a truth that my dad had been speaking about for a long time mm-hmm. which is the extent of poor decisions that are occurring in the personal finance market and it's something that we're very passionate about as a family because financial products are probably one of the most important products a customer buys but they're really at a loss of how to buy them properly and the difference between even minuscule decisions can end up being very impactful in the long run so that's kind of the driving thrust behind our business yeah you know i'm thinking this started in what 2015 2016 ish yeah. right yeah so i'm just thinking that 2015 2016 is just about the time just before you know geo came in and you had that whole data boom etc etc sure this is also around the time when a lot a lot of fintech startups came in yes. and all offering kind of you know i yeah. think the if i'm if 
I got it right. The ecosystem in fintech is like, you know, you've got um, investment, you've got loans, you've got this and you've got, I mean, there are just a few blocks that you can do out there given right. that regulation in India is quite tight yes. um, on at least on the banking and the lending side. So everybody jumped in out here and we've had a lot of guests in fintech on Pesa Pesa. What are you doing differently? Okay, because we are in 2023 now. Yeah. You're probably about six, seven years old, yeah. although I believe that the real momentum yeah. has picked up only recently. Let's talk about, you know, how when you came in, what you found wrong in the system where you thought that there's an opportunity and let's look at it from there. Sure. So I think the biggest problem in financial services right now is that it's viewed as a, a business where you have to sell something to the customer. When I think that's the wrong approach to use because financial products are products that carry a lot of benefits when used correctly, but when used wrongly, they can cause a lot of damage, right? And so in a market like that, selling can be very pernicious and dangerous for the customer. So why why is it that a customer does not make their own decisions in finance? The products are complicated. Measuring the pesa that you spend is very difficult. Like I'm willing to bet none of your listeners know how much they're paying in their mutual fund portfolio because it's a very complicated calculation. And then measuring the value that a mutual fund is delivering you, also very difficult. Mm. Every fund has a different benchmark. Every fund has... Uh, a unique time that you entered it, maybe exited, maybe entered back in. So how do we actually measure if that fund did a good job for you or a bad job? It's not just the rate of return the fund gave you. It's the rate of return relative to a benchmark. So what makes us different is that we're really trying to focus on empowering the customer to make their own decisions by showing them data that they should have gotten all along, but that they couldn't get because it was too difficult in the past. Tech has changed the game. Now they can actually get that data and improve their decisions. Yeah. Let's make this real. Let's say that I'm someone who has a fintech app on my mobile. Sure. Okay. And I have started an SIP on it and I'm going along absolutely yeah. fine. They show me my performance. They show yeah. me my returns. Benchmark is doing this, this is doing that, sure. blah, blah. Very standard thing, which I think a lot of the apps yeah. do nowadays. What do you do different? Yeah. So we give you context around that number. It's not just your rate of return. You understand how that rate of return compares to the market. And you understand if these funds are beating or underperforming the market. Because what really matters in finance is not just your absolute return. I'll give you an example. Mm. If you were getting a, say, 5% FD two years back, that would have been a great rate. You would have been happy. Now, if you're getting, you know, a 5% FD, that's not a great rate, right? Yeah. So your return has to be evaluated in context. Barossa Club gives you that context. Our technology does the hard work of telling you, are you getting Paisa Vasool or not? And if you're not, it gives you insights in how to improve your portfolio. So you spoke about relative performance and, you know, you gave a very good example of how, say, two years ago, you'd get a 5% every today, you're getting probably a 7% every now does that impact you, et cetera, et cetera. And the two things that I remember from what you spoke before, one was relative performance and the second was costs. Mm. And I know what you're talking about because yeah. when my mutual fund account statement hits me, I have no idea what I'm paying to whom. Yeah. Okay. And that's because the, that's the way the product is structured. Yes. Okay, let's go deep into this. Yeah. And so, you know, it's structured this way because it's very good for the manufacturers who produce the products. And it's very good for the advisors that sell the products because they essentially are able to say, look, you don't need to pay me a dime directly. You know, I'm getting my fee from other sources. And that's a totally fine structure per se. But what it does is, is it removes knowledge from you. And that's very dangerous because you you don't have the ability to monitor and track the payments and assess 
whether you're getting paisa vasool or not from the advisor, from the manufacturers of the mutual fund. Just like you wouldn't hire a contractor to renovate your house or kitchen without knowing how much you're paying them, you shouldn't be hiring a mutual fund or advisor to renovate your financial portfolio without monitoring them. And so Barossa's technology tells you that. It says this is how much you spent, this is where it went, and this is how that person or that fund has done for you. So you can use your judgment to see whether you want to continue the relationship or not. Okay. Can you get a bit more, you know, just drive this, drill this down in data terms. Let's say that I've got an SAP that's going on for 12 months and it's uh, it's given me whatever, let's say 12% return and sure. the index has given me 10% return. Yeah. What's the real picture out here? Yeah. So essentially, one, it's not as simple as just that, right? Because that SIP occurs over time and you may have benefited from the fact that you structured it as an SIP or you may have been hurt by the fact that you didn't do a point-to-point return. Our technology actually goes in and mirrors your transactions. What it does is it says, okay, Anupam has been investing every month. Mm. So to analyze whether he's getting paisa vasool or not, we need to also replicate a portfolio that invests every month and not buy his funds, but buy his funds benchmarks. Then we're able to compare those two portfolios and say, was that 12% return really good or not adjusted for everything that Anupam decided to do? And so just looking at a point-to-point return is not going to give you that answer. And you really need to assess it with this lens. Very interesting. There are two concepts that I want to get into, which I think are the core of your product, right? Mm-hmm. The first is the fact that you call it the Bharosa Club. Yeah. You could have called it some fancy fintech name. Sure. You know, I have no idea how they name yeah. them, but you know, you could have come up with something like that. Yeah. And the one phrase or one term that I love that you're using repeatedly, and that also is very close to a podcast, yes. is Pesa Basul. Okay. Yeah. So why the Bharosa Club? Yes. Okay. And why Pesa Basul? Sure. So, so let's start with Bharosa Club. What does a club imply? So if you think of the clubs that we're used to in the marketplace, right? Bombay Gymkhana or any kind of club that you see, it works for its members. And that's a very important concept. Barossa Club makes its revenue solely from membership fees. We're not taking any money from manufacturers or any other sources. So what does that do? That basically tells you that we work in the interest of our members. We have no right to exist unless we constantly deliver more and more value to our members. The other concept of the club that really resonates for us is that other people in the club can help each other out. And that's something that we want to do down the line. It's not yet a feature of Barossa Club, but that's very much the direction that we're going to be moving. And uh, in terms of Pesa Vasul, we realize that finance is very complicated. And there are reasons for that. People profit from that complexity. But we realize to make things understandable, we have to put them in frameworks that people understand intuitively. And Pesa Vasool is one such framework. Mm. We know how to buy toothpaste. It's a simple product. We also know how to buy a television, which is an amazingly complicated product. But why do we not know how to buy a mutual fund? It's because the Pesa and Vasool are not made clear to us. So that's kind of where the Pesa Vasool concept came from. We realized if we could do that for mutual funds, we'd be hitting a nerve and people would understand how to interpret the data. So we framed things in in a way that people understand. Very interesting, folks. I'm sure you're wondering how does the product and the process work, etc., etc. And we're going to get into all of that right out of this small break. And welcome back. Okay, so let's talk about the onboarding process and whether 
you know, you introduce an element of risk profile? Do you take new portfolios or do you only work with existing portfolios, etc.? Let's talk about that entire process that you guys do. Sure. So I'm going to start with the new portfolios uh, and what our offering is for that and what the onboarding flow looks like for it. So essentially, a member who signs up, first of all, it's as close to single click as possible. So there's no, you don't have to type in mutual funds manually and all that stuff. It's We essentially get all your data from your cash statement, which we request for you. So you'll basically log in, sign up, declare that you're an existing investor, give us the emails associated with your mutual funds, and we fetch the statements for you, and you just have to upload them into the system. And then the system goes into work and basically goes through your entire transaction history. We request your entire history because we can give you the most insights if we have your full picture and how your investing profile has looked over time. So that is essentially how the flow works. Once your transactions are analyzed, which happens in a matter of, you know, a minute, you'll get your information. And you can refresh your statements at any time, you know, and if you've made transactions, they'll be updated for you. And so all the data will be current. And so for new investors, we also have an offering which helps them get started. So there we have something called the investment playground, which helps you understand how to set up your SIPs and lump sums and uh, you know, get an investment profile that fits you. Okay, so if any of you are wondering out there that what exactly is a CAS, Sile, you want to just fill us up on that? Yeah, sure. So CAS stands for Common Account Statement. So India, as in many cases, is way ahead of the curve in terms of data collection. So, you know, the infrastructure that we have is best in class and, you know, absolutely world class. So anytime you execute a transaction in mutual funds, the registrars that record that transaction collect all that data into something called the common account statement. And you can always request your common account statement at any time. From? From uh, CAMS online or KFintech, the two sources that give you the the CAS statement. Yeah. So I usually get mine from NSDL and I think I have another account in CSDL. So if you guys, you know, if you guys want to download your CAS or you've never had access to it, just look up. Like Sahil said, you can go to CAMS or you can go to K-Fintech, which I think is Carvey Fintech, or I think it's mm. called K-Fintech nowadays. Yeah, and, and change the name. Yeah, and you can actually download your cash. I think it's totally free. There's no totally charge. Totally free, no charge. Okay, and that should show you a record of your investments into mutual funds. I think it's stocks also. But anyway, I like this part in your website that says, our technology is the best in the world and helps you both improve performance and reduce taxes. Sure. So that makes you more. I'm sure that that gets, you know, that's basically the Pesa Vasul part. Yeah. There's a lot to unpack out here, especially since you also have been talking about your technology even in the first part of the episode. So can we just jump yeah. into the, what exactly is the technology and how does yeah. it work? So let's revert back to that example that you gave with the SIP and the 12% return that you see on a fintech app. And yeah. you may even see a benchmark that they give you that says, oh, you know, you're doing better than the Nifty 100, or the Nifty 50, or some benchmark. Now, why is that not sufficient, right? So one is everyone has a differentiated portfolio. Is the Nifty 50 the right benchmark to be using for your portfolio? Chances are it's not, because the only time one single benchmark will be the right benchmark to use is if all your portfolio is tracking one benchmark. What actually happens is every mutual fund by law has to declare which benchmarks it is trying to meet or beat. And what Barossa Club's technology does is we go through your portfolio and every fund you own that you have ever owned, you may have exited it, but we check essentially what is this fund's benchmark. And we, again, replicate everything using benchmarks so that you have a very clear picture of how you did on a relative basis. Was your 12% good? 
your 12% may have been good. But if you invested in small caps, where the return was 18% over that period, then your funds actually have been destroying value, not creating value. You would have been better off just buying a small cap index. Or your 12% may have been fantastic and your funds may have done a great job. Either way, you need to know the answers to these questions. And that's kind of what we enable you to do. The answers to the questions. Okay, let's say that I'm someone who's got maybe 5, 10, 15 folios or you know, mutual fund investments account across very different schemes. And I give you the cash or you access my... Oh, which reminds me, you just take my email address, right? I mean, yep. you don't take access to my email, no. right? A lot of people kind of also yeah. jump into that. Okay, that's good. So I, you've got my cash mm. and you've seen how... I've invested over the last four, five years. Sure. Sometimes I've started something, sometimes I've stopped something, sometimes I've yeah. bought, sometimes there's a whole... What is the output that you offer to me? You know, once you've got all this intelligence yeah. with you, your tech goes through it. What is the output and the recommendations that come to me? Yeah, so we have a couple of outputs and it all depends on how much of a data junkie you are. So the way we've designed our system is that it's not a requirement to be a data junkie to use it. We have something called the Barossa Insights, the Pesa Vasul Insights, which basically do the hard work for you and basically give you a short list of funds that we think you should take a look at potentially exiting, right? Now, we don't have a crystal ball. We can't tell you for sure whether it makes sense to exit these funds or not. But using our math calculations... In great likelihood, these are funds that you should probably look at getting out of. Now, how do we do that calculation, right? Because there is a cost to exiting also. When you exit a fund, you trigger capital gains, right? So we weigh the tax that you're going to have to pay against what we estimate the incremental performance you could get in the future is. Mm. And when one is way larger than the other, that's when it makes that list. So that is perfect for someone that doesn't want to mess around with the details, right? But our technology also gives you all the details because we know a lot of people are data junkies. And we know that people can also disagree with our analytics. We may say, you know, our math shows that maybe this is not a great uh, exit, right? But you may say, no, I, I don't think this fund is going to do well. Or you may say, no, I think this fund has done badly, but it will do better in the future. Right? So I can override your recommendation. You can always override our recommendation okay. because it's, a, it's, a, it's data. It's not actually advice, right? What we're doing is making it easy for you to make the calls. So that's kind of the way the advice is portrayed to you. Another thing that we do that's very useful and people like is give you a very simple way to keep tabs on your fees. We have a running line chart that shows you since time immemorial when you started investing, how have your fees trended? So the goal is that once you use our technology, those fees come down. And we just launched this data, this uh, tech about uh, a month back. And I'm happy to say it's caught on. We're already at around 250 crores of AUM. Nice. And the best part about it is our early beta customers, you know, have actually seen dramatic improvements in their portfolios. Basically seeing their costs come down and their PESA vasool improve. Hmm. And that's really why we're doing this, right? To drive those outcomes. Very interesting. So yeah. I'm, you know, it's, when you say that over time costs come down, I can only think of passive funds. But on a broader basis, how do you figure the funds? In the sense that mutual fund performance is notorious. Yeah. I mean, there's enough data out there, whether you, you take it from SPIVA or sure. whatever it is that says that active is dead and passive is a way to go, etc., yeah. etc. Et what are your thoughts on that? Because the funds that you're recommending now to me, let's say, you know, in this quarter, right. could just reverse after a few quarters, after a few years. Yeah. 
Whereas I've been told that I'm supposed to hold on over the long term and that's when yeah. things will happen and stuff. What do you think about that? You know, it's a fascinating question you're asking, Anupam. I think both active and passive have a role. That being said, when you look at the penetration of passive funds in India and you compare them to the penetration of passive funds in the US, there is a stark difference. Passive funds comprise about 10% of AUM in India, you know, and it's actually probably less because a lot of the institutional AUM sits in passive. So mm. when you look at it on retail, it's probably even less than 10%. When you look at that number in the US, it's 50%. Why? Well, historically, active has done very well in India. But that's changing and investors need to change their portfolios to catch up to the new reality. And Barossa's tech helps you do that by identifying the active funds that are not keeping up with their promises, right? And yes, a lot of that fee reduction comes out from rationalizing that. When you move from active to passive, you get that fee reduction, right? So how I personally recommend an investor design their portfolio is for the bulk of your assets, try to track the market with passive. Mm. And by bulk, I mean 50-60%. Because you're getting a huge cost advantage there. And you'll keep pace with the market. And then based on how much you enjoy active investing, a lot of people love it, yeah, right? Yeah, and they shouldn't yeah, stop. Yeah. But they should make sure that they're not betting their entire corpus on investment styles that fall in and out of favor. Now, my heritage is coming from active investing. But I also know how difficult it is, right? And so you just need to monitor it. And that's what we let you do. You said 250 crores and I don't know what the number of investors are. Yeah. But the question is, who is your ideal client? So it's about 350 uh, customers right now. Uh, 350 yeah. customers and about 250 crore plus, which is, you know, which is uh, really impressive. Mm. Who's your ideal customer? Like if there's someone listening to us out there and what would be your yeah. suggestion to him? The ideal customer for me is someone that never thought they could manage their portfolio themselves ever. And my goal at Barossa Club, our goal at Barossa Club, is to convince them that one day they can. And I don't expect that change to happen overnight. It's very difficult. I, re I recognize that. But two things are going to happen. One, they're going to get data that they've never seen before that makes it easier. Two, we are going to get better and better at improving the simplicity of our platform over time. Three, they are going to get more confident mm. as they study this and spend some time with the portal. So my wager is that for that customer, they're going to start by just looking at the data. Then they're going to start asking questions to their advisor that they never would have asked before. Just that will create improvements. Eventually, they're going to feel confident enough to say, I don't need my advisor. And that's when we've really done what we want to do. Man, I have like, you know, a ton of questions just going by this answer of yours because the ecosystem of people that have come on this podcast, mm. there are two types. You know, when, mm. when I ask them this question, who's your ideal customer? Mm. One will tell me that they're looking at newbies. You know, people yeah. who are absolutely new, don't know where to go. Okay, yeah. we got you. You know, we, we kind mm. of got you covered. Don't worry, you have to do this, right. do that. Start an SAP, blah, blah, blah. And the other, I've got people who are sophisticated. Yeah. You know, people who know what's happening out there, who've invested, who've done yeah. the whole FD mutual fund route and are looking at, you know, maybe getting that extra 1% in the yeah. portfolio, extra 2% in the portfolio, etc. Yeah. You're here telling me that I'm here to make people more confident of themselves. Yes. That's, it's just, it's, <laughs> I don't hear that very often. Why yeah. is the ecosystem not letting us do this? Yeah, so I think, let's, let's actually look at what the subject is called. It's called personal finance. <laughs> okay. Why? Because it is personal to you. If you can make your own decisions, no one can do it better than you, right? 
And why is the ecosystem not doing it for you? Because the ecosystem's incentives, unfortunately, are not related to your performance. They don't get paid on performance. There is a very defined incentive structure that works in the market. Advisors either get paid a flat fee, which is the minority, unfortunately, because it is a better system, or they get paid a hidden fee from your returns, which you don't even know, which we spoke about earlier. Now, when someone earns their bread and butter like this, even if they're the most honorable person, if their livelihood depends on essentially commissions that are paid on funds, they're not going to have your best interests in mind, right? They're going to put you in funds that give them a reasonable commission. Where's that commission coming from? It's coming from your hard-earned savings, right? So the ecosystem works to sell products that are complicated and works against you in that fashion, right? Now, I want to ask this from the other side of the table. Yeah. Okay, I've first we looked at the ecosystem, which yeah. is, you know, people who are manufacturing it, people who are selling it, people who are yeah. advising it. What, where is the thinking in the investor side slightly off? You know, one thing that I personally feel a lot about mm. is, you know, the whole obsession with returns, yeah. okay, which I feel is, you know, I don't think that's, mm. that's point number one, but that that's how I feel. And mm. I'm perfectly fine with other people having their own perspectives. The other thing is, you know, getting into debates that are generated by social media. Mm. Active versus passive, buy versus rent, blah, yeah. blah, blah, you know, <laughs> like you said, yeah. personal finance, my money, no? Yeah. Let's switch sides. Mm. Okay, you spoke to, about this from the from the manufacturer and the advisor side. Yeah. What do you think needs to change out here? Yeah, it's a it's a great point, and that's a key part of the equation. I agree completely with you, Anupam, that the sole focus on return is totally misguided because what investors tend to do and be influenced by. You'll go to a party. One of your friends will tell you, "Oh man, I made you know forty percent on Dogecoin in <laughs> you know like." A week, right? And you'll hear stories of this and you'll get FOMO and then you will get into Dogecoin and you'll <laughs> be unlucky and you'll lose 40%. And uh, then you'll say, I'm never going to do this again. But then you'll do it again, right? That is human psychology. And that's why I think the right amount of active is not zero. Look, you cannot ignore our psychology. We want to try to beat the market. And some people can, but it's a vanishingly small number, yep. you know, that yep. can. But it's fun. Just like going to a casino is fun. <laughs> yeah. Right? But don't bet your entire corpus <laughs> at the casino. That is what we're trying to say at Barossa and track how you're doing. If you're doing great in your active portfolio, keep doing it. But have the numbers, right? Yeah. And Barossa will give you the numbers so that you can use your judgment and say, okay, I'm really good at this. I want to keep doing active. I don't want any passive, right? So I think you're totally right. Less focus on the absolute return, more focus on the relative return. Two, becoming more long-term oriented. This is not something to judge on a year-to-year -year basis. This is something to judge on a seven-plus, eight-plus year basis, especially in equities, because that is when logic prevails in the market. Any year-to-year -year thing, you have no idea where the market's going, right? As you know very well, <laughs> right? I'll just probably add, you know, with your permission, I'll just add sure. one word about how you said about, it's not about absolute return, it's mm. about relative return. Can I just say relevant return? Mm. Okay, using that, you know, that kind of adds any, um, adds adds a nuance because yeah. 
you know, let's take an example of someone who bets on India's infrastructure and just puts all his money into mm. uh, some, you know, cap goods and yeah. everything that you can think of on the India side. Yeah. Completely ignores, you know, say stuff like IT, stuff like mm. commodities or whatever it is, yeah. which is more global. Right. I don't know how he's going to compare that to the Nifty. Yeah. Okay. And then say that Correct. I beat the Nifty, which is why I just thought that should we add relevant also. Yeah, absolutely. And that's the hard part. Yeah. Calculating that yeah. relevant. You're right. It's yeah. It's really knowing what the right measure is. Yeah. Okay. So I saw your website. I just want to figure where you are. And this is again a very standard question that I asked to my guests. Where are you on the regulatory framework? Yeah. As in, you know, do you have an RIA license as mm. per SEBI or are you a MFD yeah. as per AMFI or whatever it is? Where, where, where are you on that spectrum? And of course, going forward, what happens? Yeah. So we do have an RIA license, but we do not use that RIA license for a current offering. So why is that? Because we're not giving advice, we're giving data and we're empowering you to make your decisions for you. Now, why are we holding that license, right? This is the next logical question. I think what we're seeing in the market is an opportunity to basically give good advice, right? Because our tech makes it possible for the customer to measure improvement for the first time ever. You can actually see if your advisor is delivering you Pesa Vasool or not. So I'm very intrigued by the possibility of building an RIA on top of that, that is focused on actually making itself redundant in the long run, right? Convincing you that you don't need us. Yeah. You can do this. But in the handholding stage, we'll hold your hand and get you confident to do it, right? And you'll be able to see your portfolio improve over time. So that is something that we're not doing currently, which we're thinking about whether we want to do it, but ideally we'll find a partner who's already in this RIA business that finds this interesting and sees the opportunity. Very interesting. Yeah. The most obvious question, costs. Yeah. I mean, what does it cost me to get this experience? Um, and are there any, let's just get into that. So as a club, our ability to add value is proportional to how big we are. Right now, all we can offer you is technology. If we have a lot of members, we can offer you a lot more than that. We can actually work with manufacturers to create better for you products. And since we're a club, we will do so for free. We will distribute those good products for free and all those savings will be passed on to our members. That is our ambition. But we do not have the scale right now to do it. 350 members is way too small to do something like that. So we are pricing ourselves to get very big. So you will always see attractive pricing at Barosa Club, which makes sense. If mm. we're a club focused on getting you Paisa Vasool, if we are ourselves not Paisa Vasool, you should mm -hmm. run for the hills, mm -hmm. right? So the current pricing we think is very attractive. It's free for people with portfolios less than 5 lakhs. Now, why? Because we want even newcomers to be using these tools, right? Because we're confident that eventually these newcomers will be over 5 lakhs, right? So we're not doing it out of charity. We're doing it because this is a good bet. If you use things to properly manage your finances, your portfolio will grow. And for portfolios above 5 lakhs, it's only a thousand rupees for an annual membership to the club. That's an introductory pricing. It may go up, but for the foreseeable future, it's a thousand rupees. Mm. And does that include 18% GST or is it? <laughs> you have to just specify that for listeners. Uh, it includes 18% GST. Thousand is all in. Yeah, all in. Oh boy. Okay. You know, I really wish you all the very best, Sile. You know, I, I hope that you guys take this. I, yeah. I remember, and of course, you know, your dad was, in, Deepak Shana, if you're listening to this, shout out to you. <laughs> because I came to know of Sanjay through um, Deepak's Capital Mind portfolio. Yeah. And he was, you know, he was always, he's got so much of energy here. I mean, first yeah. there's that. Yeah. And his thoughts were like, you know, I was like, wow, okay. And 
before any of the guys already started something yeah. like he believed in something and he started this and it's so good to yeah. see that the ideas developed till now i hope i hope that you take it further because i honestly haven't you know i just feel this is really aligned to giving people the yeah. power that they need exactly you know which in fact reminds me yeah are you open to newcomers also like i don't have any portfolio mm. this is my first day and i'm yeah. i please just help me set up an sip or whatever yeah. it is so that you know i can do what people are doing you so, guys help me on that yeah we do um anupam but to be frank our offering currently is i think could be better for newcomers sure. okay and that's because we have a small team we're trying to keep our costs low so we can operate at 1000 rupees and we saw a path to adding value for existing investors quickly we have some offerings for new investors and because it costs you nothing you know i encourage new people to try it out and give us feedback yeah. what do you want us to build we work for our members so i think we have some ways to go on the new member side but please give us a try and let us know what you want and yeah. we will work our best to build. Yeah. you have an app or is this website based or is it right now it's web based right the website works well on mobile um but an app will be coming in the next say 5 months or so fantastic yeah. and uh, you know come back for another recording once the product is established it's settled folks the bharosa club the that's the bharosa b h a ROSA club is you can just google it and you'll find it and there's a lot of helpful videos that Sahil has done online yeah. so if you guys want to go beyond this episode and you want to learn more then like there's what there's tons of stuff out there yeah. each you know youtube videos sort of an R plus yeah yeah so so, there's all the details around <laughs> there you want to just talk about that yeah so we have a youtube channel which does a lot of financial literacy videos i focused on trying to make complicated topics as simple as you could without omitting parts that people need to know so you can check it out at our youtube channel bharosa club There you go, folks. And the last bit of our episode, Sahil, my favorite question: yeah. Are you reading any book? Uh, you have any books that you could recommend to our yeah. listeners? So two books. Oh, Anupam, nice. And I love nice. this question yeah. because uh, it's a great thing. So the first book is a book by a guy called John Bogle, who I'm sure you know. He's the godfather of passive investing. And uh, like I said, I don't have a horse in this race, but I do think passive is under-indexed. So I think your uh listeners could benefit from reading this book and reading the case of why passive deserves a place in your portfolio not 100% but a place the second book that i think is really really good is a uh, fool by randomness oh, by nicholas Talib. yeah nasim nicholas Talib. Talib, yeah. yeah it's a fantastic book yeah one of your favorites yeah because i feel like intuitively we struggle to understand probability hmm. right and this book shows you how difficult it is to make good financial decisions when you have the overlay of probability. Yeah. So folks, there you go. The first recommendation was a book what's the name of the book? The Little Book of Common Sense Investing the by John Bogle. The <laughs> Little Book of Common Sense <laughs> Got to love the title. Huh? Yeah, I mean, you can't tongue twister. The little book of common yeah. sense investing, yeah. but it's also a very obvious name, yeah. and of course, you know, an all-time classic. And how have you not? I mean, if yeah. you've not read it, please do read it. Fooled by randomness by the one and only Nasim Nicholas Talib. So two great books for you to read, and that is a wrap on this episode of Paisa Paisa. My guest, Sail <laughs> Bargav of the Bharosa Club. Sail, all the best to you guys. Thank you, you know, so and much. Please pass on my regards yeah. to Anit, and of course your dad. Yeah. Both your parents, you know, can I would love to have them. Sure. In the future, and thank you so much for doing this for our listeners. Yes, thank you, Anupam, for the opportunity, and thanks to the team. And uh, yeah, we will definitely be back. Fantastic. <laughs> all the very best. Great. 
And listeners, if you like this podcast, you can subscribe to our YouTube channel where you get to watch the full video episodes. You can check out other interesting podcasts on the IVM network. You can listen to us on the IVM podcast app or ivmpodcast.com. You can also follow us on our social media. We are IVM Podcast on Twitter and Instagram. If you want to reach out to me, I'm your host, Anubam Gupta, B50 on Twitter. And thank you, really, folks. Thank you so much for listening to Pesa Vesa. No material on the show should be considered as financial advice. The material on the show is for informational purposes only. Please consult a financial advisor before taking any investment decision. Small break. Uh, book recommendation. Okay. Yes. Anything that's not psychology of money. Okay. Yeah? You <laughs> sure. have something, right? Yeah. I Thank you very yeah. much.